Hi, welcome back to Your Best Friends Podcast. I am your host, Aurora, and today I have a super fun guest named Ash. Hey. I um, found Ash Morgan on TikTok, of all places, um, which I feel like is, I have, like, found some of my most favorite people on TikTok, like, more than anywhere else recently, just because, I don't know, I feel like you get to really, like, see people <laughs> on TikTok so much more than, like, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, anyway... Ash showed up on my For You page, and I think you showed up a few times before I, like, caved and hit follow. Um, <laughs> and then I actually watched one of your lives where you, oh. yeah, where you kind of talked about your story. So mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself? Okay, perfect. My name is Ash. I go by the stage name Ash Morgan, which is not my stripper name. It is my music <laughs> name. <laughs> um, I... I'm also lipstick lesbian on TikTok, so that name says it all right there. Um, Yeah, I would agree with you. TikTok has been, it's one of those things that I literally laughed at for like a year, and I was like, this is a little kid's app, and maybe I should do something about it, but no, it's like a joke, Mm -hmm. and then when quarantine hit, I think most people kind of went through the same thing where they're like, wow, I'm bored, and actually there's funny things on TikTok, so I'm going to join, and then I realized how fucking easy it is to grow compared to all the platforms so much easier to grow it's where all gays are so I was like damn I did not know there were so many lesbians I know (laughs) I know I always make fun of my husband because he's definitely on straight TikTok and so Uh like our for you pages are just so different it's so funny oh my god yeah it's so funny yeah me and my me and my best friend too she's always sending me random TikToks and I'm like I never even know what the actual trends are because I only see lesbian stuff so she'll be like you didn't see that and I'm like no I don't was it gay I don't see the problem (laughs) though (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so I do sorry no I you're good mention I do I do TikTok and then I also make music so I just released my third single favorite sin last night so I know which is Woo. so good everyone needs to go listen we'll talk about the music um in a minute um so as you said you are a lesbian but you grew up Mormon oh yeah so let's <laughs> let's talk about that fun little journey um, yeah so kind of talk me through like how you grew up and okay. like what the environment was like in your family and like all of that. Yeah, totally. This is always an interesting topic to discuss publicly just because it is mm-hmm. all my family and a lot of my friends are still Mormon. So I never want to yeah step on any toes, but I guess I can just kind of express my personal story and nobody can really right take that away from me right right exactly. so I yeah I grew up the oldest of six kids in Mesa Arizona which is basically a little mini Utah it's super super Mormon mm-hmm. um yeah my actually I had a really great upbringing and I've worked through a lot of trauma that I've had since leaving the church where I still definitely there's some things that I feel like really mess me up in terms of doctrine however I am grateful mm-hmm. for a lot of things in my upbringing My family was very, very family-centered. They were very loving and accepting. I have the kind of Mormon parents who always were telling us that we could do anything with our lives and that we could be the best at it and that there's nothing we couldn't do. And they definitely, the Mormon church, like the gospel of the Mormon church is very intertwined into my everyday life. A lot of my memories looking back with my family and my like um, 
the memories that brought me closest to my family, a lot of them are church related. We definitely would like sit around mm-hmm. the table and have like gospel discussions on Sundays and just um I looked up to my parents and their faith a lot, which I still actually do. I do look up to how strong their faith is and how adamant mm-hmm. they are about what they believe in while still saving room for love and acceptance of other people. Um but yeah, that's how I grew up and I think I I just never questioned the church. I always thought I had the gift of faith and I just never questioned it genuinely till I was in my twenties. Um, I just, I was like young women's um, president and such. I would go to like the temple, do baptisms for the dead, which I don't know if everybody here is ex Mormon or Mormon, but (laughs) basically we believe that Mormons believe that they can baptize people who were not baptized in the Mormon church after they're dead. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing a lot of Mormons go and do. So yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. out of their, out of their like temples or like synagogues, I guess, like their big temples. Right. Um, yeah. I used to go and do those like every Wednesday. I was all about it. I was, a lot of people will tell me how they never went to seminary and stuff. I, it was like my favorite class. I was the teacher's pet. I was always taking notes in church. Like I was that girl. And yeah, I just very much was aligned with the Mormon church, didn't swear, was very, 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 very naive about everything. Um, Yeah, and that was my life. I literally don't think I swore until I got to college, actually, which is ironic because it was, I went to college with a bunch of Mormons over by BYU, and they're the ones that got me into swearing a little bit, but still, you know, lightly. And I just like never thought that I was... I don't know, tempted to have sex before marriage or anything. I just thought I was extra righteous. It's where my brain was at. I think that the Mormon church kind of um, raises its women specifically to be kind of asexual. Um, Yeah. And it's just the way that they teach about sex. They talk about virtue a lot and women being the keepers of the virtue. We're the ones who are expected to stop the men from going too far. We're the ones who are supposed to not go too far basically that's almost on us we're basically taught that men just like have this uncontrollable desire that they can't really do anything about and we have to be the ones to stop it so I always was just very like closed off from sex from a young age I just would be like nope that's not happening I'm a good girl I'm not even gonna like go there so I almost didn't like let my thoughts go to that realm at all or like really even think of anybody in a sexual sense which I think is why I didn't figure out my sexuality for so long um and I also Yep, I was always the one to stop anything from going too far with boys. And I just, like I said, thought I was extra righteous. Didn't even think about the possibility that I could be extra gay. But Right. (laughs) That's funny because literally, as you're saying that, that's exactly how I grew up. Like Mm -hmm. everything, I'm like, oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, me too. Like Mm -hmm. my dad was my my seminary teacher. I was like so into the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, until until like college so did you go to BYU or did you just go like nearby I went to UVU I actually pole vaulted up there so that was fun yeah and then I got a concussion and had to not fun not fun yep so I had to actually quit school which was really crazy for me because my whole life I'd been very much like I'm going to get my degree and all of a sudden it was kind of a um one of my many identity crises (laughs) that I had in my early 20s yeah so I quit that got married and started a business but yeah kind of some crazy times (laughs) yeah so talk to me about how you met your ex-husband okay so I actually met him oh god I never know how much to explain because I don't know how much people Mm -hmm. know about Mormonism but I there's a thing in Mormonism called 
wards wards are like your congregation that you meet with mm-hmm. every every week for church um once you turn 18 everybody between the ages of 18 and 30 gets put into these wards called singles wards that are just a bunch of obviously single young adults that are supposed to mingle and get married um they put on a bunch of like events and stuff for people to meet so you start going at 18 i literally met my ex-husband my very first week of singles ward fresh out of high school 18 so young um we ran into each other in the hallway and he literally was like dang you're pretty and I just was like oh attention you know me (laughs) me (laughs) yeah and so it's funny because he actually lived in Utah and I was down in Arizona still because I grew up in Arizona I didn't move to Arizona until like two months after I graduated um but yeah he was just visiting for a weekend and we ran into each other and then we just like got each other's like snapchats and stuff and he was like yeah I can be your friend in Utah and I was like yeah I don't know anybody up there so cool and so um when I was on my way up moving to Utah my family was driving me up and I was just like randomly snapchatting him and I found out that we were both going to be living in the exact same apartment complex in the same ward in Provo so again like wards in, in BYU um there's so many Mormons in BYU area there's so many right. Mormons that there's literally multiple congregations even within just one apartment complex so the apartment complex I was living at there were literally I want to say like four wards within just the boundaries of that apartment complex yeah and we literally moved into the same apartment complex and the same ward which was really crazy so of course I'm over here like is this a sign from God like that's so crazy you know so he was my first date when I went up to Utah um, I did friend zone him for like six months and I just, I just was not visually attracted to him, which is a theme throughout my life. But yeah, weird. I, yeah, weird. I don't know. But I was like, well, he's fun. And he kind of just kept sticking around and then I would like push him away and we wouldn't hang out for a while. And then, um, actually right after I got my concussion, who knows if that's a coincidence, he came back around and like basically declared his love for me and like told me he loved me and wanted to be with me. And I just was like, oh, well, I mean, like, I've gone on a bunch of dates. Like, Provo is date central. I was going on, like, five dates a week. I was like, I've gone on so many dates for the last six months, and every other guy sucks and isn't like, I don't love being around them, but I feel like you're my best friend, and the church tells you to marry your best friend. So, like, maybe let's just date. Like, maybe that's actually how I feel about you. You know, it was like, it's like, a convincing a clicking Mm -hmm. I feel like that's been all my relationships with men in the past is like convincing myself that I like them because they like me and they're nice to me and we're good friends you know and that was just what I was used to so I was like yeah this is normal (laughs) so yeah we started dating um we we knew each other for a year when we got married and we were only officially together for like six months when we got married (laughs) so very Utah (laughs) for sure so how long were you two married? Um, we were married for about three years. Okay, that's longer than I thought it was going to uh-huh, be. Yeah, yeah. So you got married sure. when you were 19, 20? I was, ni- I was 19 and he okay. was 26. Oh. So a seven-year age gap. Okay. Always always goes well, for sure. Right, right. Um, yeah, So not know who I was yet. Right. <laughs> so how, where in the relationship did you start to realize that you were gay? Oh, this is such an interesting question. I never know like how much to actually like share of the nitty gritty right. details. Just whatever but, you're um, comfortable with, because you definitely don't have to like indulge things that you don't want to. But yeah, totally. Just like 
I don't know, like if you have like sort of a timeline of like when you, you know, because I mean, I know a little bit of it because I follow you on TikTok and you've talked yeah, about those totally. things, but. Yeah, so let's see, we got married and from the get-go, our sex life was really shitty. Imagine that. Um, wow. And yeah, and I just started having like trauma reactions to it. Um, so I started seeing a therapist about it and she basically instructed me to have some alone time with myself. And I, as a good little Mormon girl, first of all, I've been taught that that was really bad right. my whole life growing up. Masturbation, absolutely no. Um, so I never even did anything like that until I got married. I was next level virtuous. Right. And so I just had zero clue what to even do. I'm like, what are my options? What, what does that entail? <laughs> I don't know. That's how naive I was at 19 as a married woman. Right. Um, yeah. So I went home and told my husband about that. Um, and I was like, I really don't know what to do. And so he basically just was like, why don't you look at a video of someone doing that? And you can, you know, it's an instructional video for you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's bad. And he's like, no, 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 it's like science. It's just, you know, you instructions. just you know, get some ideas, instructions, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. And yeah, long story short, I just looked at that and was like, wow, I'm more attracted to that lady than my husband. And I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> So that was probably like six months into my marriage okay. that I started, that that happened. Um, and then you were married for two and a half years after that. Yes. So I still was very active in the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, it was definitely a thought in the back of my mind, but I just thought that it was, I don't know, like Satan in my mind. And I just would push it away. And I just was like, well, everyone thinks that women are beautiful and like, like it's just a sexual fantasy like it's not it's not a real thing you know like that's like I just shouldn't even go there or think about it you know I felt really guilty about that it was I feel like throughout my marriage there was a constant state of like guilt and that was especially prevalent while I was Mormon still because I I think I have a little bit of OCD and I was one of those Mormons that expected myself to be perfect. I am. Um, I expected myself to read my scriptures every day to go to the temple every week to be like hosting missionaries to be having a calling, doing all that stuff. If I wasn't doing everything perfect, then I like berated myself for it and felt like I couldn't be close to God. So that was a very unhealthy relationship I had with the church. So for me to start feeling those feelings, I just shoved them down and was like, absolutely not. No, that's not a thing. I'm just going to pretend that that's not there. Um, yeah. And so the first year was like the best of our marriage, relatively good. Um, let's see. Cause I was 1920. Yeah, after that is when I slowly started to kind of, I mean, I was 19 when we got married. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I thought about the world at all. And so within about the second year of marriage is when I started to actually really think about who I am and what I believe in and what I think about things. And I started um, at age 21. I actually um, just started, certain things started bothering me. I started getting interested in more like hippie forms of spirituality mm -hmm. like witch witchy right. things and I thought that that was like so right. bad because so, it was like so witchcraft <laughs> witchcraft you know like so bad yeah but I really just was interested in like different herbs and what they did and crystals and stuff um so I actually got introduced to this random um like super hippie ass lesbian girl um about a year and a half into my marriage and I was just so intrigued by her um I wasn't interested in her but I just was intrigued by the way that she lived her life and 
she invited me to her birthday party and told me to bring crystals to charge into the moonlight and I literally was like what the fuck (laughs) is that that is what like so first of all where do I get crystals second of all Uh second of all like do I need a charger like what am I bringing (laughs) yeah I was like "Mm, that's a little much for me so I didn't go and my husband didn't feel comfortable with it I guess but yeah I didn't go but it just started marinating in my brain and I just I don't know what it is there was something about my 21st birthday as soon as I turned 21 all of a sudden I just was like I really want to get some crystals so on my 21st birthday I like called up that girl and was just like hey how do I choose crystals and she taught me how to like feel the energy and choose crystals and we went to a crystal shop for my birthday and after that I literally it was probably a week later I was and mind you I was working out at the temple mm-hmm. at this time I literally was like performing the rites in the temple I was 6 a.m every Wednesday going to the temple for like six hours to serve for free um doing all that I was very 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 invested in the church and I always felt like I wasn't doing enough even though I was working at the temple every week and so many other things and so I decided to go on splits with the sister missionaries um for people who don't know what splits are it's basically where um, members of the church go out with the missionaries and help like preach mm-hmm. with them so I signed up to do that and I went out with the sister missionaries this is probably a week or two after my birthday and for some reason it just felt so wrong to me I can't even put it in words to you I just like the energy just felt so off and I just was like something feels wrong it just feels wrong and I went home and I just actually like started crying and begging God I just was like I wish that I didn't have to be Mormon I wish I could just go be a like a free little Wiccan Mm -hmm. out in the fields just like playing with my herbs and my crystals and just being my own little hippie spiritual gal and I literally was praying and sobbing to God and wishing that the Mormon church wasn't true but I was like but I know it is but I literally told God I was like I need to take just a break from the Mormon church for a week like it I can't even express to you how prevalent the Mormon church was in my brain it was constant it was always there I was always thinking about it and always thinking about how my life needed to align with it and how I if I wasn't doing certain things I wasn't like deserving of being close to God and just it was it was always in the back of my mind and so I literally was like hey I'm gonna take a break from this for a week I'm not gonna think about it for a week and I actually went and told my husband at the time and he was like yeah I think that's a good idea actually because I was really intense about it um And so I just was like, yeah, but I know the church is true. So I just need a break. It'll be fine. And there was something about setting that intention of having a break where all of a sudden I started just being more open to things. Um, I just remember thinking, oh, I actually was on Amazon ordering a sleep mask because I'm a bougie bitch and I need to sleep sleep covering. (laughs) And I was ordering a new one of those. And you know how it always says, it always tells you like the, um, the suggested things that are like that product. So it was a bunch of sleep masks and then this random book and it was how I escaped Scientology and I was like oh that looks interesting so I clicked on it and was reading the bio and in the bio she mentioned how in Scientology they're taught not to look at anti-Scientology materials and I was like holy shit I feel like I've heard that exact same phrasing about my religion Mm -hmm. and I just was like what the because Mormons were taught expressly not to look at like the history or anti-Mormon literature and I just was like that is coming from a cult so maybe I should just look into the history of my church and I read a quote from one of the one of the past prophets that literally said if the church is true then honest inquiry upon it isn't going to change that Mm -hmm. and I was like hell yeah like he said it I'm just gonna take a little browse through ex-mormon reddit just see what I can find um and so yeah I 
basically looked into the history of the church and um for all of you ex-mormons out there you would know the ces letter have you read oh yeah that by chance? oh yeah yeah <laughs> i spent some time like lead, like i was like oh well i'm not gonna read it because i knew i knew as soon as yeah. i read it mm-hmm. it was gonna be mm-hmm. over for me and i remember yep. one day putting my baby down for a nap sitting on the couch and reading it and i was like oh, holy shit it's over <laughs> like yeah. I, I can't do this anymore yep yeah, no, it's it was a death sentence for sure. I literally, it's like 85 pages, mm-hmm. and I opened it, sat down one night, spent a few hours just going through it. I read it all in one mm-hmm. sitting, and I went from the beginning of the page of being a totally, like a total believing Mormon to the very end being like, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. This is not true. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, my great, great, great grandpa is Brigham Young. Mine my too. family. Oh my God! Wow, look at us. Thank you, polygamy. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, I love that for it's us. It's really not. It's really not a great compliment. No, it's very exciting. It's not. <laughs> I feel like most Mormons are related to him. Yes, but yeah, I, I had always thought of him as such a great guy, and after reading the actual history of him, I was like, You're I like, you suck. <laughs> yeah, not my favorite guy. Definitely, um, I definitely don't want to like shit on the church and the people who still believe in it but for me personally I did not agree with the actual things that were happening back in the day and it was just it was like it was just like that I just knew I was like nope from 100 to zero and that's kind of my personality um I feel like my intuition is like that sometimes where it's just like with big decisions I just like no I feel it deep in my gut and I'm just I can make big choice like big changes relatively fast and because I'm just like, what's the point of like lingering around when I know that this isn't right for me? Today's episode is sponsored by Hero Cosmetics. They sent me a bunch of their Mighty Patches, which are hydrochloroid acne patches. I actually had a really big pimple pop up over the weekend, and I put one of their Mighty Patch Originals on before I went to bed. When I woke up, the pimple was completely flat. I'm obsessed. If you want to try the Mighty Patch for yourself, you can use the code YOURBFF15 for 15% off on HeroCosmetics.com. So yeah, I left the church and sorry, that was a big tangent off of my coming oh, out story, fine. but it's, um, this is when I really started actually allowing myself to think about being gay. So mm-hmm. after I left the church, all of a sudden I literally, I remember so distinctly as soon after I finished reading that thinking to myself like, wow, okay, this isn't true. And now I'm allowed to be and think whatever I want. Like I can make all those decisions myself. Like, I don't have to have the same political views as the church. I don't have to be what the church wants me to be. All those things, all of that, that I, like, was holding on to so tightly and making myself feel so guilty about, I can throw that out the window and make my own personal choices about it. And I did a lot of meditating. Um, I still stayed pretty spiritual after the fact. Definitely not Christian or into religion, but I really focused on listening to my own self and what felt right to me. I didn't want to just go like throw everything out the window and just be like, I can do anything now and go be too crazy. But I um, definitely was like, wow, I can be more liberal. I can like girls. I can do all these things. It just like hit me. And I remember in that same night also being like, I think I'm a lesbian. Like it just like that thought just hit me and I'd been pushing it down for so long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's so, that was the thing. <laughs> so when did you tell your husband that? Was it like right after or did it like take a while for you to 
So Tell it him. definitely took a few months of me researching and taking many Am I Gay quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> like on BuzzFeed at like midnight sure. after he's asleep. Yes, you're like, yes. am I gay? Yep, Please, any, BuzzFeed, tell me. <laughs> anytime he was out of the room, just like, let's take another one. Oh, they're all coming back. Pretty positive. <laughs> you're like, shit, what does this Damn mean? <laughs> How do I decipher? Yeah, and so I definitely, I got into like, um, lesbian YouTube. I started watching different lesbian YouTubers and finding um, lesbian artists. Even to this day, like my um, my girlfriend who's been out way longer than me, I know so much more lesbian media and musicians and all that stuff because I was in my closet phase for so long and I just like needed that power and assurance from other people like me through music, through YouTube, through movies, all that jazz. Like I ate up all that content. But yeah, that was probably, oh God, I wish I could remember exactly. It was a few months for sure of that. Um, I was so afraid to tell him. Things were really, really, really bad in our relationship anyway. He obviously didn't take super well to me leaving the church. He was very like black and white about it. So he was like, okay, um, well, you can't go to the Celestial Kingdom. And I was like, okay, well, that's not actually a real doctor. And I feel like if like the a like, real okay, god i don't care a real god would know that i'm like trying my best to be a good person and would like if the mormon church is true then he would let me into heaven for being a good person you know but in his brain he couldn't reconcile it and he was like okay either we have to both be mormon or we have to both not be mormon and this is after i literally had told him that i would still go to church like an hour of church with him every sunday like i fully believed i was like you know what you can believe what you want to believe i can believe what i want to believe i'm never going to tell you to not to like leave your religion I would never tell somebody that and I would never expect somebody to do that for me um but he in his brain he was like either we're both in it or we're both out of it and he basically almost divorced me then and there but then decided that he chose me over the church and he told me he left the church for me um so yeah I was not about that and I was really frustrated about that but he would go around telling everybody that and he was just like very half-heartedly out of the church just kind of wanted to try drinking and stuff and just like I don't know. He fully, I think he still believed in it, but wanted to see if he could like make it work not in it. Um, and he would kind of would like tell his family that it was a phase and that he was like doing it for me. And so they all thought I was Satan and right. it was just the whole thing. So that was already, our relationship was already bad in that regard. And there were already a bunch of other toxic dynamics going on in the relationship before I even introduced the whole gay thing. So it, all around, it just <laughs> was down, bound to go downhill mm -hmm. from there. Um, but yeah, I came out to him and definitely you don't have to keep everything. Oh no, in. this is good. This is all good. <laughs> so much information. Yeah. You can choose what, what you want to include, but, um, yeah. So he finally, I just like, was like, I can't hold this in anymore. And our relationship was so bad. It got to the point where I literally was like, I wish that he would just cheat on me so that I had a reason to break up with him because every time I bring up any issues in our relationship, he like gaslights me or like screams at me, cusses at me or begs and cries for me. And it just was like, we couldn't have any productive conversations. And so I didn't, I felt like it wasn't an option to leave him. And so I literally used to like, just like pray that he would cheat on me, which is so awful, but that never happened. And so I was like, well, damn, I'm not going to cheat on him. So like, right. what can we do? And I was pretty sure at this point that I was gay, but um, I just was like, I could just come out to him as bi. That would be like the nicer thing to do, obviously. But I was like, I just don't think that this is healthy. This should probably just end. I'm just going to tell him the full on truth as much as it may hurt. And so I, I came to him and I, I just basically told him like, hey, I'm so sorry, but I think that I am a lesbian and that I'm 
into women, you know, and he just like cried and sobbed and begged for me. And I felt so guilty. I'm very empathic. And so like, I feel people's emotions and, and I just, his emotions took over my emotions. And I just was like, Oh no, no, no. Like, how could I have done this to you? That's so awful. And he just would like, I felt bad. So I stayed with him and he just would like hold that over my head for the next, I don't know. I want to say we were, Oh God, we were together for another like six months after that. That is a long time. Yeah, because I didn't feel like I could leave. I genuinely didn't. I can't even put it in words. And he definitely, like, um, threatened. He would say things threatening, like, to hurt himself, basically. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like I was, like, I could leave. Um, And he just gaslighted me so much that I felt like, oh, shit. Like, I, oh, damn, I'm really calling him out right now. But we're not not on good terms, so. (laughs) No judgment from me. Yeah, I and it definitely was an unhealthy dynamic, and I don't think he was in his best place emotionally or mentally or physically either. So definitely, it just brought both of us to very negative dynamics, you know. So um, yeah, I didn't feel like I could leave, and I, he would make me feel so guilty, like I was an awful person every time I'd bring stuff up that was wrong in our relationship, and I just felt so awful. I felt like everything was my fault, even though there were a lot of unhealthy dynamics coming from his end. I felt like I was this bad, awful, crazy person. I genuinely felt crazy. I felt crazy. And so, yeah, he would bring up all the time how I hurt him and how I was um, manipulative and emotionally abusive to him because I told him I was a lesbian and how much that hurt him. And he would bring that up all the time. And I think that just like dug my shame over my sexuality, like deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And like, my homo- internalized homophobia just got like way more magnified um, with that di- with that dynamic. Um, I finally started going to therapist. He didn't want me to go to therapist because he was afraid that they would tell me to leave him, which, you know, there right. you go. <laughs> and um, finally, my therapist, one of my therapists had me bring him in for a session. And afterwards, she told me he was extremely emotionally abusive. And that was just like an aha moment for me because I was just in such a crazy world of feeling like I was crazy and that I was this awful human being and just having somebody affirm to me that he was actually being emotionally abusive was very just like, it made me feel like, oh, actually I'm okay to be feeling the way that I'm mm-hmm. feeling. And I'm not just like a bad wife who can't love and has commitment issues and is like this crazy, awful, satanic lesbian. Like, like I don't know. I just, she really affirmed me in my identity and affirmed me in the way that he treated me. And I started to like really think, okay, maybe I really like could get out of this. And yeah, I, I had talked to him. We were going to therapy together. I just felt like, I think I have such a deep embedded, probably from the Mormon church, embedded um, like morality of trying to, your fucking hardest to make a relationship yeah. work and to make a marriage work. I was like, we're married. We're together. I need to do everything I possibly can to see if this is my issue and my fault and something that I'm just like, maybe it's just grass is greener on the other side to me. Like maybe it's not actually that good. And maybe I just need to talk things out and just like, talk the gay out of my system and like talk my crazy out of my system and like then maybe we can make it work so we were going to therapy for a few months I literally drained my bank account I was the only provider in our relationship as well so I drained my bank account paying for therapy we literally were going I was paying for three sessions a week one for both of us together and then and then each of us separately yeah so it was very expensive (laughs) definitely spent thousands of dollars on therapy but I just was at the point where I was like like if I stay in this I'm like not necessarily like I would hurt myself but it was just at such a bad place I was such a bad place emotionally that I was like I need to figure out what to do like I like I can't stay in this cycle anymore else it's just gonna get bad so 
yeah, I was going to therapy and unfortunately I have so many people on TikTok and Instagram who are in literally the same situation as me. I didn't even know how many people there were like that, but he reached out to me and asked me what to do. And I found out the hard way, like nobody can tell you what to do. Genuinely, nobody else can solve your problems for you. You just have to be the one to woman up and end that relationship or like fight for that thing that feels right to you. And so, yeah, going to therapy was really good for me. Um, my therapist really helped affirm to me that I was still a good person and that it was okay to feel the way that I felt and that our relationship dynamic was unhealthy and certain things that he re- was doing definitely were super unhealthy. And so, yeah, I tried, we basically were talking about in therapy, um, we were talking about me wanting to have a separation for like a week just so I could think things over and he just would not go for it. And finally, I just went to my dad and I told him um, all the things that were going on in my relationship. Not even, I didn't even tell him anything about the gay stuff, just all the other issues that were in my relationship. And my dad was like, oh my God, oh my gosh. Right. Oh my goodness. He he would never. (laughs) He would never say God. Yeah. But he basically was just like, oh my gosh, like I really did not realize how bad it was because I always believed like, I'm not going to tell my family all of our issues because I don't want them to think negatively of him, even though he was doing that to me, to his family about me, but I just never told my family anything. So finally I just broke down and told my dad all the unhealthy things that were going on in our relationship. And he was like, you guys need to take a break. And I was like, I know. And I was like, he won't let me. My dad was like, okay, well you have to go tell him that that's what you're going to do. And if he says no, then you'll be like, okay, well then if you can't give me what I need, then we're just going to break up. And he's, he's going to bend and let you guys have separation, which happened. So yeah, we separated. I lived with my parents for a week and it was so abundantly clear to me that that was the right decision to split up. So yeah, it was definitely a very emotionally draining situation for everyone involved. And I hope that he's like in a better place emotionally as well. I was definitely not at my best state back then. So hopefully both of us are doing better, but yeah, it was still an uphill battle yeah. from there after my divorce. Yeah, so how long ago was that? Um, so that was February of 2018. Okay, so like a little over, like two and a half two, years ago? Almost two and a half years ago, Okay, yeah. so mm-hmm. now you are, how are you doing now? Like, talk to us a little bit about from that horrible place to now. Okay, so I mean, it's been a really big uphill battle from there. I After we broke up, I really was convinced that I was a lesbian, but I didn't know how to date girls. I didn't even know how to flirt anymore after being in a three-year marriage. And so, let alone dating girls, and that was just like being Mormon. That's not even an option in your brain. Like, I had never allowed myself to really view women that way and talk to women that way, so I just had zero clue how to talk to them. And I went on... Um, dating apps and I was I think too transparent about my situation on my bio I was like eh, I'm like figuring it out I know that I like girls but I don't have any experience and I think that scared away a lot right. of they were like seasoned <laughs> no lesbians. thank you no thank you yeah so I definitely got all the um other experimenting and like early stage mm-hmm. um queer girls that I went out with and neither of us would know what we were doing and so we'd just kind of be like ha ha <laughs> like not know how to make moves it was just so uncomfortable I can't even put it words because I'm just I was so used to having men do everything for me and make the moves and all that jazz and start the flirting and stuff so it was a very uncomfortable process for me I actually ended up dating a man again having a year-long relationship 
even after my divorce, even though I knew deep in my heart of hearts that I was a lesbian, I was like, well, maybe I am just by, and this is so hard and guys are so easy to, guys just like fall into your lap. It's not hard to find. And so again, it's that situation of like, oh, well, he really likes me and this is an amazing guy and I love being around him and he's my best friend and mistaking that for um, romantic love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely love my ex-boyfriend a lot, just in a different way. Uh, We're still friends and he is absolutely amazing. I told him from the beginning of us dating that I wanted to date girls and I literally didn't make it official with him for months because I was trying to date girls and it was so hard. And finally, I was just like, well, you're like my safe place. You're fun to be around. I love being with you. Like, let's just do it. And yeah, we live together. We live together and we're together for a year. And actually he was my healthiest relationship up to that point. And he was super awesome about my attraction to women and stuff. We actually um, ended up having an open relationship so I could explore that side of myself. And yeah, it became pretty abundantly clear to me. It just, it just was one of those things where I literally couldn't deny it any longer. And it was like the feeling was just uprising inside of me where I just felt like I was living a lie. Literally, I released my first um, single last March and I was dating him I actually it's called halfway it's about not knowing if you're in love or just halfway and it was about him released it in our relationship and yeah it was it was a crazy time um but yeah I just didn't know again if the grass was just greener on the other side of my head or what but ultimately like your intuition knows what's true and and I remember even thinking like oh I really just want to go like the queer route with my music I really want to be um, really brand myself in like a gay in the gay um, arena because I knew so many queer artists that I loved that just like their music made me feel okay and feel like good about myself because I saw other girls who were like me who felt the same way as me and who also like girls and I was like wow I'm not crazy so yeah um, I wanted to go that queer route I was like I'm gonna be a queer singer but I have a boyfriend and I just like literally in my brain I was like I'm a lesbian, but I have a boyfriend, like disregard him. Like this is like, it's just, it was, it was such a weird dynamic in my brain that I can't even fully like express, but yeah, we, I cared about him so much. And so it was hard to kind of, um, hurt him, but ultimately it just came to a point where I couldn't hold it in any longer. And he was so sweet about it. We talked about all that a lot. And ultimately he was like, I want you to be happy. And so like, I get it. And yeah, it was hard process, but for some reason, I feel like for me and maybe for a lot of people who are raised religiously and are queer, I don't know what like your experience is, but I felt like I pushed it down for so long. It was so many layers of internalized homophobia that it took me years mm-hmm. to like dig myself yeah. out of that hole. And finally it's like, I couldn't stay in that hole any longer. Like I could not literally physically could not stay in that dark hole. And like, and I know that some people say like, you don't ever have to come out publicly or anything. But to me, I felt like I couldn't fully be who I was without people, without, being open about that side yeah. of myself. So I came out as bi. I came out as bi while I was in that relationship last March. And then, um, yeah, we broke up and I came out as a lesbian shortly after. That was like last June. So it's all pretty fresh for me. But as soon as we broke up, I just was like, nope, this is exactly how I feel. This is, and it's been so affirmed to me over and over. And I'm just like, wow, how did I ever think yeah. I liked boys? I don't know. I'm so yeah. gay. <laughs> So um, how did you get into music? Like, I want to talk about that because you're a musician. So how did yeah. that come to be? So I um, have been singing and writing since I was little. I actually, obviously, a lot of people feel this way, but from a young age, I wanted to be a writer. 
and a singer. Those are like my two main jobs that I wanted to be ever since I was in fourth grade. I was like, I'm going to be a writer someday. And since I can remember, I wanted to be a singer, but every little kid thinks they're a great singer. Every little kid thinks they are great at lyrics and stuff. But um, yeah, it was just something I continued to do while I was in college. I actually was an English major. Um, I love writing poetry. I love writing lyrics. I've just always done that my whole life. And I, I'm trying to remember what happened exactly. I think I met up with one of my friends from high school because he was wanting to like start mm-hmm. a record label or something. And I had post I had posted a cover of me singing on Instagram, and he just reached out to me. He was like, "I love your, um, your voice. Like, would you want to come meet with me? And we could talk about, um, like my record label or whatever." And I met with him, and it wasn't necessarily the scenario that I was wanting at the time, but it just hit me like, "Oh, I." this is something normal people can do. I don't know why. I just didn't even know how to go about making a song. Like I didn't know what even, I didn't even know what like production meant. Production is the actual like sounds and and beats in your song and like it sounding professional and radio edited and stuff. I didn't know. I had no clue how to get to that. Like I literally thought you had to be like signed with a label to have somebody make a song for you. Like I didn't know. And so just learning the verbiage, realizing what a producer was and stuff. Um, I randomly came across a girl on Spotify who I looked at her bio and saw she was in Utah and I was like oh hell yeah and I reached out to her was like hey who did your music and she sent me the direction of her producer and I just again it was just one of those things where I was like hell yeah I'm doing this like this feels right this is something that's been on my bucket list forever I've always wanted to just have a song on Spotify that was like a bucket list thing for me so yeah I met with him and made my first song and it actually did really well and I was like shit I could actually do this so I released another single two months later and then I literally favorite sin um, is my first song in a year. I felt like I felt really creatively stifled um, with where I was at in my life and my sexuality and stuff because I knew the direction I wanted to go with my music and my creativity, but I just felt like I wasn't in the place that I needed to be or like I had so much growing to do with my own self. And so, yeah, I just have been feeling really good about music. I started on my TikTok and stuff and I was like shit like I could really yeah do this you know so yeah here so we you go just had your newest single come out yesterday um and yeah. it's mm-hmm. so good everyone needs to go listen to it so um yeah why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you on Spotify and Instagram and TikTok and all of those things yeah totally so you can find me on Spotify and Apple Music my name is Ash Morgan um and then my songs are Halfway, Ice, and Favorite Sin. So if you need to look up Ash Morgan, Ice, or whatever to find me, you can find me there. Um, and then my Instagram is Ash Morgan Music. And my TikTok is Lipstick Lesbian with two underscores okay. at the end. <laughs> okay. It was so much fun to have you on today to talk about this. I'm so glad yeah. that you were so willing to be so open and like talk about your experience um, because I feel like growing up in the Mormon church, I feel like so many people who are in that same situation as you just don't know what to do. Like, and it's, and it's just rough and it's, so I'm just so glad that you're willing to like share your experience and be really candid. And so, um, everyone listening, make sure that you go and follow Ash. You will love her music. Her TikTok is hilarious. She and her girlfriend are so cute. Um, so yeah, make sure you go Mm -hmm. ahead and follow. Um, anyway, well, Thank you so much for coming on and um, I will see you all next week.